1: Welcome to the Notice Podcast number 925. This episode of the Notice Podcast is brought to you by the magicians on sci fi. Now, uh, Lydia and I love this show. Uh, we have become friends with as many people who work on the show as possible. We're trying to figure out how to recreate some of the items in the show as furniture in our house. Uh, and we are very excited that it is coming back. The new season is January 10th, 9, 8 central on sci fi. Um, it, uh, it, the last season ended, uh, it was pretty dark. There was, uh, magic was in trouble. See, I'm afraid to give away too much. Cause if you haven't watched the sea, just, just start watching it and then get back to me. But I, this show is so much fucking fun and, uh, and we adore it and everyone on it is a blast. And, uh, and so please, please, please start watching it if you haven't. And if you're already into the magicians, the new season returns January 10th, nine, eight central on sci-fi. And, uh, you know, tweet at us occasionally, because we'll, we'll, we're watching along with you, and you can let us know, uh, you know, we'll we'll sort of, we'll tweet at each other during the show. Liz tweets about it all the time. I love it. Uh, she's taken a bunch of magicians-themed pictures. You know, when we like stuff, sometimes we get a little obsessed. That's what we do. That's how we live. Um, <laughs> let's go to the Nerdist Community corkboard. There's some exciting things from you in the Nerdist Community. For instance, Hamid writes... Howdy, been listening to The Nerdist for several years now. Uh, And he says, I have an event coming up Friday, January 19th, a concert and fundraiser for Sunrise Daisy Retreat, devoted to the emotional, physical, and mental well-being of cancer survivors. Um, He himself was diagnosed with a freakishly rare lymphoma in 1991. There were nine documented cases before, nine. And he was the first to live beyond 72 months. So first of all, congratulations, Hamid. Uh, That is amazing. That is, I mean... 27 years now Um, And he wants to do something To sort of spread the awareness And spread mental well-being So the concert's going to be at the Chapel Theater In Milwaukee, Oregon um, from 7:30 to 9:30 PM, Friday, January 19th, and uh, yeah, so please, please go, please support. This a phenomenal cause, and um, and Hamid, I hope you're. Uh, I hope it seems like you're doing great. I hope you're doing great. We send you hugs here from Nerdist. R N Floyd on Reddit writes: After writing for years, I found the courage to pursue my dream to finish and publish my dark fantasy novel called *The Book of Low by R N Floyd fantasy world where status and worth are achieved through powers magical abilities of each species since humans have no magic or extraordinary powers they are considered little more than livestock to be enslaved (laughs) the book of low follows the enslaved human girl low as she navigates through such a world and tries to survive as she is caught up in the schemes and covers up of the fae royalty I am chuckling because I just the idea of humans being livestock uh, to serve magical animals is delightful to me Uh, if you guys might be interested in most it's most easily available on Amazon in both print and e book, uh, as well as free to read on Kindle select that again is the book of low by RN Floyd. You can send uh, any event to, of your choosing to events at nerdist.com and then, uh, we'll, we scour through and pull stuff out and do the best we can to, to get these up so you guys are aware of what you're doing in the community. I also have some stand-up shows coming up in February eight through 10. I'll be at standup live in Phoenix, Arizona, Um, And then 16th and 17th of February at the Brea Improv and the 23rd and 24th of February at the Oxnard Levity Live. And uh, tickets are available at all of those establishments web portals. And I'm going to bring Mike Furman with me, too. You know what? I should see if April Richardson wants to come along, too. We'll just make it a we'll make it a fun comedy dork trio uh, and hope to see you there. This episode is my friend Michael Rosenbaum, who I've known for a very long time, and Michael, by the way, I did his podcast recently. It's relatively new, but it's great. It's called Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum, and um, I, I you you probably know Michael from, uh, of course, he played Lex Luthor in Smallville, and he's been in a million things, and uh, and he's super funny, and, and I just have to publicly thank him, because he gave me one of the greatest Christmas presents I've ever received, and I posted it on Instagram. Um... There is a Golden Girls Clue board game. It is Clue, but it is wrapped in the Golden Girls. And I just need to publicly thank Michael Rosenbaum for allowing me to realize this dream that started so many decades ago when the Golden Girls first started. And um, I never could dream that these two things would come together into one magical entity. So, Michael Rosenbaum, thank you for being a friend. Uh, This episode is also brought to you by HelloFresh. Uh, All the ingredients delivered right to your door in recyclable insulated packaging comes pre-measured in handy labeled meal kits. You're going to know exactly which ingredients go for which recipe. And HelloFresh offers a wide variety of chef curated recipes that change weekly, including there's a classic plan, which comes with a wide variety of meat, fish, seasonal produce a veggie plan for vegetarian recipes with plant-based proteins and a family plan, which is quick and easy meals for the whole family. And you can choose a delivery day that works best for your schedule. And you can even pause your account for weeks at a time if you need to, but it's just a fantastic meal delivery service that shops, plans, delivers all of your favorite step-by-step recipes, pre-measured ingredients. You can just cook, eat, enjoy. Um, you can make it easy to cook delicious balance dinners for less than $10 a meal. So it's no more time-consuming meal planning or grocery shopping. Everyone's busy. You know, you know what? I'm telling you, sometimes you might get to the end of the day and you go, why am I so mentally exhausted? Because your brain is just constantly <laughs> doing curls all day long, having to figure out whatever is going on in your life, get to places, pick pick a person up, you have deadlines. And you don't always have time to figure out what you're going to do for dinner. Sometimes Liddy and I will just stare at a menu to try to figure out, like, what we're both exhausted, what can be easily delivered uh, to our place. And, uh, and this just would take all, all of that stress off your plate. Uh, for $30 off your first week, visit HelloFresh.com and to the promo code NERDIST30. Uh, and thanks to them for sponsoring this episode of the Nerdist Podcast, which is number 925 with Michael Rosenbaum, Katie Levine. Please roll the thing.
0: Now entering nerdist.com. see, that just means that you have to get out of the house more. It's true. Is that on purpose, sort of?
1: Well, I feel like I get more work. Actually, I do a lot of work here, but it's nice to go somewhere. I mean, it's nice to separate the work-home spaces because if you don't, then you spend a lot of time just working in bed or, like, not relaxing. You know, like when I'm with Lydia, I'm working – Instead of like hanging out with her, like, oh I gotta do But if you I think That makes sense. I wonder if I should do that more. I think it's better to have a place you know, especially because you train your brain to go, okay, when I go to this place, that is work. And I will focus on the, you know, amount of time that I'm there, I will focus on work, as opposed to what most of us do, which is just this kind of like while i'm home i guess i should be on the computer doing stuff and and not really right. not really being able to fall asleep or relax
0: cuz your brain is i did that cuz i had an uh, a studio um an office at sunset gower studios oh yeah and i was there for like when i did my movie there and i was there for a good year and a half editing and post and, and it was great and very productive and then after the movie a couple months passed and i had these two buddies who were like hey they like wrote Employee of the Month and Sorority Boys and a bunch of movies yeah. and stuff. And like uh, right along, they're like, "Hey, we need a place. Can we like use yours?" So it started out as just like you know six months, <laughs> and they've been there for two years. Oh my god! So you, they kind of edged you they, out. They, they cover everything. It's still under my name, but it's like anytime I want it back. But I'm like, but maybe I should start venturing out and like waking up, going to write for three or four hours somewhere else. It is hard to to do it at home.
1: It is well, especially. You know, if you just like my friend Jonah just rented a small little office just to have a because y- you, you'll do your most focused work when you know that it, that's the only purpose for that space. right? You know you will go. Yeah.
0: And what else are you doing? Well Why am I all, here?
1: And also it's really challenging when you have artistic creative careers. Where you don't clock in and out all the time. It's like, you know, when you're on a production, of course, you, yeah. you, you have a structure. schedule, some structure. But, you know, like, I only work really well when I have deadlines. But if I don't have a deadline, it's really hard to be like, I'm just going to
0: write That's today.
1: That's what I'm going <laughs> through right now. I, you are my therapist. <laughs> well, I, that's why if you had a space... You really for, are. Like, if you kind of do the Seinfeld thing of, you know, I'm going to go to this workspace and from... You know, whatever it is, eight to five or whatever the hours are. That's my work time. I'm gonna go treat this like a job. Whatever I write there is fine. If it sucks, it doesn't matter. But you'll get some you'll get get more done, done, won't you? You'll yeah, you'll get more done because it's focused. And then then when you leave, you have this weird peace of mind knowing that You did something. You did something and now it's okay to go home and relax instead of just being at home going. Fuck! I'm not doing anything. Did
0: I do what are I doing Yeah, because <laughs> I'm doing that right now. I'm writing a show, and like, a, you know, I have a showrunner and the producer and all these things. And I'm writing, it, and I'm work, we're working on the pitch, and the like updates, and I'm like, yeah, mid-January I'll have a thing. <laughs> so I'm kind of like, okay. And there's holiday parties, and there's things, and I'm like traveling, and I'm doing all these things, and I'm like, oh, I have a few hours now, and I'm. I, it's hard to get to stuff.
1: Yeah, you gotta you gotta be wary of. You know, if you can do your work in your underwear, you should be wary of that workspace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because you, it's just like, because, you know, you'll play video games and then you'll roll into a little bit of work and then you'll get distracted. And then you will like, oh, I'll go into the other room and watch TV or I'll go to the kitchen, you know. But if you just have a focused workspace, you know, you'll just squeeze it all out for the day. And then you'll feel like you accomplished something. It's very hard to feel like you accomplish anything when you're working out of your home. I think.
0: I, oh, my God. I think after his, when he was on my podcast, I laughed. That was really fun. It, it was so, it was great for me. It was one of the best in terms of like, I just felt like I was getting so much information from you for me. What made you decide to start doing a podcast? Um, what made me do it? This one guy, I was doing stand-up comedy for, and I was opening for Bobby Lee. And I was just, mm-hmm. this was my, like my third time. Bobby goes, come down to Irvine, open up for me. And I'm like, okay. And I went down, there was this guy taking pictures. I go, Hey. I don't know if I'm going to continue this, but I'd love a picture of me doing stand Stan, can you take a picture? He like, yeah, yeah. He's the photographer. And then I gave him my email. And he emailed me and said, hey, um, I don't know, uh, have you ever thought of having a podcast? Or No, at first he says, do you, you have a good website? I like go, you know, like what do you mean? He's like, you need one. You're, you're branding yourself. You need a website for you, for all your stuff, your band, your, your pocket, whatever. And I go, I don't need that. He goes, sure you do in today's market and he was like very but he was he was one of those guys who didn't push you you know when you go into a store and the guy leaves you alone so you buy everything sure. but the guy's like well can I help you with this how about this You're like yeah, yeah I'm gonna leave yeah he yeah. was a guy who's just like I don't know if you you know you should maybe think about it but whatever whatever you want to do so I was compelled and I said okay let's do it and he made this beautiful website and I was like hey this is great it's got my podcast dates you know it kind of shows fans what I'm doing kind of gets and then he goes you should have a podcast yeah, I kind of heard that, but everybody's got a podcast. I don't know. I was like, well, what was your own twist? I go, and it ended up just being something fun in my living room that would be just, uh, it becomes therapy for me, and I get to know them. It's sort of like what you do in a way, but it's like, it, you everyone's know. Everyone's different,
1: though. Everyone's you're different. different. You know, like your podcast is different because you're different, and that's what makes it different, but right. it's hard to see that because you think like, oh, mine, we're going to talk about. Horseshoes. I was like no, y- yeah. No, like you can just be yourself if, if you want to talk about horseshoes. You can, but I mean, like you being yourself is different. Yeah.
0: Enough. Well, my friend Dax is now. Or you know Dax. Yeah, he's of do, he's doing one now. He's getting started. And my buddy, who's doing mine, actually is helping him with his. And just like, called me. He's like, hey, do you care if I use your guy? I'm like, no. <laughs> then I call my guy. I'm like, hey, this is going to take your time away from my shit, is it? You need to tank his. Yeah, tank <laughs> his. I wanted to, be, but it's specific. It's it's certain things that people talk about. Mine's sort of. Hey, I want to get to know who you are. Dax
1: doesn't and, need a podcast. He's got those washer-dryer commercials.
0: He doesn't yeah, need to do a podcast. Yeah, I mean, how much is he making off those? <laughs> Probably a lot. Are we already rolling? Yeah. I like that. His wife is the let it go girl. I think I better let it go.
1: Isn't not it? Is it, yes. Doesn't Kristen sing let it go? No, the other one.
0: The oh. other one? The other actress I heard her name. The other one? Who's the other one that sings that? The
1: other character. She
0: sings that. Yeah. Some guy was... Uh,
1: some guy is suing Disney over that song, and I listened to the song. and his, It's a it's a Spanish he's a Latino artist and uh, and I listened to his song. And I was like, oh, I kind of hear it, but I think there's only so many notes, you know. Like <laughs> if you go back in the history of music, like there's going to be some repetitive themes, yeah, musically. I don't know, but it's interesting. I I can't, re- if, 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 Katie, if you could pull it up, the guy was it. Like I'd be interested to have people listen. Who are listening to the podcast listen to the two side by side and go yeah no that sounds like a you know but he's but he's named all the people from frozen right <laughs> right
0: suits as part of the thing what, what did Dax's podcast launch it no in fact I don't even know if I'm supposed to say anything about it but it doesn't matter yeah he's gonna he's doing a podcast he's he's getting it going and he asked if he could use my guy, and that's all. I'm and, and the important thing is you have a man on the inside to tank it for him. Yes, he could tank it. But I have a feeling <laughs> Dax knows bigger, more famous people than I do. <laughs> I'm getting people that are friend. I'm friends with. I got you, of course. But, you know, Dax... Is very close friends is, with Bradley Cooper, yeah, who I worked with, and I, you know he could get the he could get his wife. Hey, I can't get a guest this week. Would you mind being on the uh, uh, on the show again today? Yeah, we're all in the cabal of uh, ultra
1: white guys with sandy messed up hair. <laughs> I was Like you, me, Dex. <laughs> Uh, Bradley Cooper, who we've got to throw Aaron Paul in there. Yep. Like, it's just like all of us, the same. It's Does like, Aaron Paul have a podcast? No, but he should. He's he a, should. He's a terrific guy. But but this is, you know, I, you and I are so, our, our our careers are so parallel because we've been doing this for so long. And I don't think people realize that. Or maybe no. they do. I don't know. I mean, you... We talked about it on your podcast, but the first time I met you was when you were doing uh, Zoe, Duncan, Jack, and Jane. Right,
0: and you were dating. I was dating
1: Jacinda. Jacinda Berry. She had yeah. a guest arc on that show. Yes, and you know we were all just like. Braddy 23 oh. or four-year-olds. And they were telling us,
0: I was 27 years old, and they're like, this is the next Seinfeld. This is the young Seinfeld. This is going to be, they put so much is money WB? It Was WB? Yes, like, yeah. and they put so much money, and we were on billboards and subways. Network doesn't and even and exist every, anymore. It, it, the, the, yes, and it doesn't exist anymore. And I remember going, at that time in your career, when you're younger, you believe things people tell you. <laughs> you're going to be a huge star. You are the best at, and you're like, hey, But then you realize quickly, that's not the case. uh, (laughs) That's just, I'm not a big star. The show lasted a season. Yeah, (laughs) people just say things. Your agent, you know,
1: like all... The producer, it's like, I'm, I'm at a point now where someone goes, this is going to be... I go, you don't have to say that for me. Stop. Let's just make it, and we'll yeah. see. We'll see how it does. Yeah.
0: I even did it to you on, on a freaking podcast. I emailed them back and said, Chris is one of the best podcasts ever. I didn't <laughs> need to tell him that. Well, no, I appreciated he that. To that.
1: hear it. That was very personal, though. That was, that, was, that was very sweet. It was personal. But you know what I find is that it's... Uh, do, you, are, do you think... Have you noticed that you... It's not that you're not optimistic, per se, Ugh. but just... We get very complacent, very realistic, and not not negative, but you know, just like well, because you know, my wife asks me all the time, "Hey, you're working on this thing. Are you excited?" And I go, "Well, I don't know if excited. I mean, like, yes, I'm in. I'm philosophically excited about this, but the day to day process, I just need to just do it and see how it goes. Right. Like, I can't. Like, I, I don't give in that much to like, oh my god, we're doing. You know, it's like I got got I got work to do." We got to make this happen. You I know, th- that's
0: like- a smart th- way to think, though. I think that's an intelligent approach to doing it because you don't want to get carried away. You don't want to think, "Hey, this is going to be a huge success." You want to sort of just say, "Hey, step one, let's just do the job. Let's just and, do it and see how it goes." And uh, it's it's hard. I, I think I do that. I'm, I've become really lazy. <laughs> I think I really. I think when I was younger, I said, "I am." There was a point in my life where I thought I was going to be a huge star. Okay. I think in you in somewhere in your life. You probably thought that
1: you, know, like, you mean like Brad, like Brad the Cooper star. Or I mean, like...
0: I thought I just there was something about me. Yeah, and that at least got me paid for some jobs. Are you an only child? Middle child. Middle child. But got I was it. called dummy a lot. <laughs> oh shit! So that pushed me. No, I think I, I look. I wasn't supposed to mount to anything. I, I grew up in a small town, and if you ask anybody from that hometown, Michael Rosenbaum, If you ask three three people or ten people. Nine of them would say who, right? And one would say, Pfft. "No way! That little dude, that weird <laughs> little dude that said jokes that no one laughed at. Yeah, it's still telling those same jokes." <laughs> I know I, I haven't changed either. I just, but I, once I got out and I found what I thought I was good at, what I was accepted doing, like I, I, I it took me to do a play. I was do, This is a stupid story, but I've told this. I was doing drama, and I took drama class because it was an easy A. And you didn't have to do much. The teacher rarely showed up. Sure. My senior year, Mrs. Paternoster said, I can't let you take advanced drama, which is pretty much drama, but you've taken it. It's the fourth year. Did you go so. to Catholic school? No. Why? Does Paternoster sound Catholic? It, it, well, it's Latin. <laughs> really?
1: Yeah. It's It literally means uh, our father in Latin. Why
0: do you know? Because I took Latin. What Mrs. Paternoster, her name means what? Our father. Our father. Yeah. That's that. That's the like if you
1: say the our father prayer in latin it's pater noster quies and che like you it's it's wow Pater means father, and noster is a form of a possessive pronoun. Chris, I'm a Jew, and I'm a bad
0: Jew. So I, I'm, the, I, I'm the last person you want to fucking ask know, about that. I
1: can't believe I just asked you. Mr. Rosenbaum, did Mr.
0: you go to Catholic school? Hell no,
1: but all my friends were Catholic. <laughs> I had horns. Yeah, I, fi- I, fi- I find Judaism and Catholicism are very philosophically similar in the sense that, I mean, I know that the, the religious tenets are different, but the economy of guilt... Is very very similar. Is it? Both. Jews don't have more guilt. No, I think it's but you know my mom. My mom very strong Roman Catholic. Her best friend very strong Jewish woman. Very very they're very very similar. Lovely similar, but you know. Oh okay, you know if you invited the dad, then spend time with your mother. You know it's like oh that, it's like so anyway so that's why I asked. Pater Noster.
0: paternoster
1: Paternoster. What's the correct pronunciation really? Well, there's a there's there's. No one really knows how Latin was necessarily spoken. However, there are church pronunciations and there are Roman pronunciations. And Roman in pro- church pronunciations are sound a little more um, like Romance languages, like like um, they sound a little more Spanish, Italian. Um, and then uh, Ro- Roman pronunciations ha- are are t- different. They have long vowels and hard consonants. It doesn't matter, but it, but anyway,
0: that's why I asked. So I well, I Mrs. Paternoster, No, Mrs. Paternoster finally said you have to audition for a play if you're going to take advanced drama. Yes, and I needed the A. I wasn't a bright kid. Like I, my my parents made abundantly clear. And um, I auditioned for Grease, who didn't, right? <laughs> and I, I was the Vince Fontaine, the DJ, I auditioned and I got the part somehow. You were Vince Fontaine,
1: you could have been a Danny Zuko!
0: I, st- But I, I didn't have the voice really, I didn't have the looks, I was an awkward looking kid, I was small, I was fragile, but I still remember the lines. Hey, hey, this is the main brain, Vince Fontaine, spinning the stacks of wax here at the House of Wax, WAXX, cruising time, 1026, sharpshooters, picket of the week, a brand new one, shooting up the charts like a rocket by the Veldu Rays, going out to Ronnie and Sheila, the new kids down at Mom's school store, and especially to Little Don and something. Whatever, I almost got it. Anyway, I remember that because I was so I was so nervous that I remember doing this, but I remember the next day in school, kids that never talked to me, the popular kids. This guy, Chris Pro, he might be listening now. He said, hey, you were really funny in that play. <laughs> and I thought right then, not being me. What he meant was me being someone else was accepted. That's fascinating. So, but I understand it. Do you get it? Yes. It's like, and then I went to college, and all of a sudden I realized, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm doing something right. Not, I shouldn't be me. I should do as much acting as I can. I wish this play lasted 24 hours. because I, th- There was something about that that I just felt when I got on stage, it just was easier.
1: But don't you see how Darwinian that is, emotionally, Darwinian that is, that you get fed something that you crave, and you're like, I need to do more and more and more and more and more, and then you just evolve in that direction, because yeah. it, it you are... By the way, that guy, would be really interesting to find out what he's up to now. It's very likely, because, you know, listen. He's
0: a lawyer. Is he? <laughs> he's he's sort of, yeah, he's doing well. Have you talked to him? Uh, you know, I go back, you know, he wasn't like, he, I can't say he was always a He was a dick to me. He just really, I wasn't. You remember the scene in 16 Candles where they're doing the pull-ups? Of course. And remember when she says, you know Samantha? He's like, I, he goes, yeah. He's like, he's like, he goes, I don't think about it. I don't it.
1: think about it. What, he goes, what do you think of Samantha Baker? I don't. I don't.
0: I don't. And then they're just standing, She's a freshman doing doing or a sophomore, right? They're doing their pull-ups. Yeah. And I was kind of like, I think I was that guy. I was like, he, he sort of knew me. He just doesn't think about me. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I somehow, he was like, wow, what you did was pretty good. Oh, it'd, be, it'd be great if every so often he's like, Hey, that Superman show, you were pretty funny. <laughs> like Maybe every once in a while, that's how
1: hey. you know how to communicate with you. Yeah, the bald look. Really, hey, it's pretty good.
0: My God. Yeah. But, you know, I still, to this day, still feel that way. When I'm doing something, I feel when I'm not being me. I've talked to you about that. On you know, yeah. I'm, 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 my podcast, you don't feel that way. You could be, you're very grounded. I think you're way more grounded than I am, but it probably took you time to get there.
1: I don't know how grounded I am. I, I certainly feel. I certainly feel chaotic and stressed. I feel like my big struggle is to not, uh, because my, I I, I assume we're both very similar in the sense that uh, our brains are just spinning a million miles an hour all the time. Yeah. And uh, so the challenge is like, how to not bring that into my marriage? You know, like, how do you keep that separate, not, not bring... Because you know whether or not stress is good or bad. If you're if you're thinking about a lot of things, like stress is stress, right? Good stress and bad stress. Your brain it's still like if your brain's still trying to process a lot of stuff. So that that's still. A challenge, so I, I don't know. How, I don't know if I'm like super grounded. I'm still like, I don't know what's going on. If this is going to work, it's but, probably all going to fall. But apart. you're
0: always confident about things, right? Are you ever? Do you ever doubt yourself? I mean, I feel like I live in a
1: constant. Yeah, of course. I mean, I don't feel confident about. I, I sort of feel like, well, I'll just keep trying stuff, and I don't know if it's going to work or not. And if it does, great. But I always think, I always think, you know. Like if I – like you email people and they don't write you back and I go, ah, oh, that person hates me now.
0: I feel like Do you I still have, do that? Of course. Why do we do this? I feel like I have tremendously low self-esteem. I do too. But why? Why do we do this? It's this perpetual – It just goes back thing to youth. Where it's like I'm confident and then you're like, no, you're not. It just goes back to childhood. But how do you fix it? Well – Or do you just embrace it and fucking move on? Part of it's embracing it and I feel like, you know, the first
1: big challenge of our young adult lives – is you 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 know it's like we can't evolve until we figure out how to make peace with all the shit our tiny you know puberty stricken brains were saddled with we we can't evolve until we get past as much of that as possible. And then we can evolve as but, people. But, but,
0: but some but, people just spend their whole lives locked in that little cul I know they do. And I really feel like I don't. I, <laughs> I think through therapy and I think through dealing with my friends who are somewhat mature, you, um, James Gunn, people around me who I respect. And, like, uh, you know, when I talk to them, it's it's sort of like... Hey, I acknowledge my past. I acknowledge that, hey, maybe my dad wasn't the greatest dad. Hey, maybe my mom was all over the place. Hey, I didn't get any attention. Hey, all these things happened to me as a kid. I acknowledge them, and I forgive, and I'm fine. But but somehow, I still go back to it. Well, because it's, it's what you learned at a very
1: developmental. emotionally developmental time in your life. And so, you know, those... Those are those are foundational. I mean, it's like it's foundational in a way. So you you really do have to relearn or embrace it. But I also think that sometimes there's an ideal that we expect, like a like a switch is going to flick, and then all of a sudden we're going to go, "I'm different." Like you may not have the perspective on yourself. I mention this on the podcast every couple of years, but I watched Parenthood again last night, which is one of the Dax or the movie, the movie, the movie, great movie, one of the best and really most poignant. And it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful, sad story just about life. And also I get sad about it because, like, this is in 1989, so all those little kids are, like, in their 30s and 40s now. But uh, <laughs> yep, yep. so I was like, oh, now they're... But, um, you know, but I've quoted it many times, but Jason Robards has this really great speech to Steve Martin where he goes, you never spike the ball. You never cross the finish line. And so this idea of thinking that you're going to slide into home base and everyone's gonna i mean you you can have that that's not to say that moments there, that's not to say that there aren't victories and there aren't moments but but i think we have a very cinematic ideal in our life in our in our minds about what it's gonna be or feel like and and i think you know if you really just kind of took a step back you might go oh actually i think i i think i am doing okay i think i actually have achieved a a level of thing you know but I think it's just about being being more peaceful and embracing, like, like you said, rather than feeling like I know so much.
0: I feel like the more you know, the less you know. Yeah, and I think you're right. Also, the more you think about, every, there's got everybody has to feel this way. There's nobody out there. You look around, you're like, this guy's so successful, he's so confident, he's just like nothing. The, it's bullshit. bullshit. It's bullshit. There's gotta be, when you're uncomfortable at a party, there's gotta be another 50 people at that party that are uncomfortable. At least. And if someone isn't, I kind of feel like, What's wrong with them? <laughs> I'm they, uncomfortable Are they at a my sociopath? <laughs> are they a sociopath? I'm uncomfortable at my own parties. I throw, I'll throw a party. I throw a Halloween party, which I invited you, but I know you were out or Yeah, something. we were out, yeah. But I, you know, I'm, I'm nervous at my own parties. Sure. I'm uncomfortable. I got to say hello to everyone. I got to please everyone. You can't even have a good time. Why do I have these parties?
1: Well, guys like you <laughs> and I, which sounds like we are very similar. I was a very small, awkward kid, too, and to a lot of weird, nerdy stuff. I mean, we just, we learned that... And again, I wouldn't trade it because I would never have wanted to have been a popular kid who never had to turn inward or develop an internal monologue or, or become self aware. And uh, but you know we we just didn't socialize well with other kids or like other kids, and so I think we spend a lot of our adult lives like, do you like me? Please like me. Do you like me? You know? Yes. And it's- and you think that's okay. I think it is okay. I mean, I think as long as it doesn't
0: get in the way of your creativity, that's exactly
1: right. Or get in the way of living your life. I mean, everyone has some kind of flaw. Like there's no there's no ideal. Everything, you know, it's it's sort of the it's sort of like the the genie bottle, like no matter what wish you have, there's going to be some cost or something that's associated with it that you didn't see And it was like, oh, I wish I were dating that person Or yeah, I wish yeah. I had that It's like, okay, here's $10 million Well, now you, here's all the problems that <laughs> come with that <laughs> yeah. And here's this person you wanted to date it. But then here's all the problems that come with that I mean, I'm sure Can you think of one example of something you thought Oh my god, if I just have this, everything's going to be better And you got it, and you were like holy shit the amount of responsibility and the amount of work and the
0: amount of stress and the amount of
1: problems that
0: come with yeah, it, it was is a, fucking it was, not worth it it was a Galaga video game the full size video game I said you know wow I've got <laughs> Galaga this is my favorite game what as a child and for $800 I, I could do it and then there's the maintenance and the cleaning and yeah. the, it's not all it's cut out to, to be and then you don't Terrible play with it all analogy. the time you don't play totally. with it you all don't the play time it. you leave it alone it's not there this is the thing you wanted most Yeah, you wanted this video game why aren't you playing it ever why is it sitting in a corner
1: yeah i mean yeah i don't know i mean i I sometimes think we don't always know what is best for us because we have a you know i think it's very dangerous to make um ego-based decisions sure things that will you know again oh if i had that car or that dating that person or this those are all ego decisions and there's nothing wrong with that as long as you can acknowledge that that's what it is But if you use those ego decisions to define yourself, the problem with that is that it's a very shallow water and there's a lot of emptiness under that. And if it's not satisfying, it's either going to implode or you're going to keep trying to outdo it. And when you make ego decisions, the first thing to get brutally damaged when it falls apart is your ego. When you are putting your ego on the line, like when you're throwing your ego down on the craps table... That's the first thing that's gonna get you know. Yeah. That's the first thing that's gonna. Well, I get see with my family. Taken. I see
0: with a lot of people. My family. It was always about the mm. you know. If I get this nice car, right. Look at this, everybody. I have this nice car. And then a few weeks later, miserable again. Yeah, or a week later, miserable. And so I've learned from my family's mistakes and people around me that hey, I'm not going to let this define me. I'm not going to, you know, I don't go out. I have the same truck for five years. I have a van. I don't need fancy things. I, I like stupid things like the Golden Girls Clue game just came out. <laughs> that's that's not what stupid I want. at all. That's fantastic. <laughs> yes, oh. and I, that's what I want. That these are th- things that make me happy. I like little gadgets. I like little things. I don't exceed like if I. I my family, a lot of times, they can't even afford these things. And they buy them. And then they're in debt. And then they call me. Hey, I'm like, hey, look, man. Sophia did it in the living room with the pasta dish. That's But it. where did
1: Blanche do it? And with, and with what? <laughs> with what? She did it in the butt with the entire staff <laughs> exactly. at the Happy Crow, which is the pub. That, I don't know where they go. But, but yeah. uh, I do think that it's okay to have nice things. But just as yeah. long as... I mean, it's like, oh, it's fun to get nice things. It's, it feels good. But just as long as it's like it doesn't define you. And then yeah. as long, as long as, as long as you can have that attitude with it, and I think well, it's, it's, it's funny because okay. I
0: just posted something on Facebook and I don't get sappy and I don't get like, you know, I, I usually do funny things or work or, and I just said something like, Hey, you know, I just want to say happy Thanksgiving to everybody. And, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I, I spent a lot of time, uh, you know, you see these work, work Facebook posts about, Hey, watch this, listen to my new podcast, <laughs> listen to this and, you know, funny things. And, you know, and I talked about something about, you know, I always really got on myself, got, you know, was upset with myself for being a people pleaser, always trying to get approval, sure. always trying to make people happy, always trying to make people smile. But then somewhere along the line, I just sort of embraced it like, hey, there's really nothing wrong with making people happy right. and making people smile. But if that's all, if, if it, if it, it, sometimes it's too much. Like you've got to separate, hey, I'm not trying to get your approval I'm being funny and hope you laugh and if you don't Well that
1: yeah cuz then that all boils down to are you doing it like are you trying to make people happy for them or for you
0: you know right. and do you get something out of that is that why you're doing and it
1: And I think the right answer is like well it's okay to have a, a combination of both yep. you know it's like it's all right to get something out of it but then also you know like make make people happy at the same time I agree When did you uh did I I, I have always wanted to ask you about cuz you got a nice head of hair what it was it's like. Much. What I it was
0: like to live as a as a, a guy who shaved his head just for a while. It. Katie, right? Katie. But I told you earlier that you, you heard it out there. I forgot to put product in my hair, and my assistant Jess out there was like, "Your hair's way too high." <laughs> and I, and, and so I've been a little self conscious. That's a good assistant who will so, say to you your hair's too and high. And some people might look at my head and go, "Oh, he was bald, and so now he's overcompensating with the giant James Gun, double James Gun look, <laughs> yeah, double gun." Your hair's not that high, by the it's way. It's not that high. No,
1: but I am. You know it's funny, nice <laughs> no, I'm nice not. done It's funny, it's funny how uh, you know you look at your face all day, so you're going to zero in on every little like, every little. Oh thing. my God, I have a thing here oh, on my cheek, God, and everyone's going to But most people 99 percent of the people in the world don't they just sort of see all: They don't see once. what I
0: see in the mirror. No. You really don't think so. No. they don't see the dark spots, which some people call liver spots, but I call them a little sun damage.: No, I, I they don't see, see that. No. you don't really see that. no. Right now you're looking, so you I'm looking see.
1: for it. You don't but see I them still don't see it.
0: Okay. I'm forty five. I'm gonna start getting them. They're starting to happen. Katie, <laughs> you're young. You don't have to deal with this right now. Katie's uh, seventeen.
1: Katie, Jesus, Katie. <laughs> no, she's not. No, you're not. You don't have to
0: tell us your age. How old are you? Thirty one. Oh, you're young. So got
1: you got a ton of time. When Katie. I was
0: fourteen you were zero, Katie. Zero years old. But you asked me how it felt to be a bald man.
1: Well, I just I'm just like you know, because I, I always thought the most fun thing to do would be I had to shave my head for House
0: of a Thousand Corpses. And it was really yeah. fun. Did you, did you, like, but you. But not for seven years, ten months a year. Not for seven years. Ten months a year, it was me. It was like, let me tell you something. I was so. That whole story about even getting the part on Smallville was, was so terrifying because, first of all, I thought it was going to be this goofy show that no one, like, it would just be this these caricatures. And I didn't think it was going to be that you know, shot really well. And right. Me, you're thinking Smallville, Superman and Lex are friends. The yeah. WB. Right. You don't expect it to be good. Right. When you're hearing about it and they're like, no, this is going to be a big show. And I remember they wanted to see me and I go, I'm not, I don't know about this. And my friends like you, Lex Luthor, did your goofball. You're not Lex Luthor. I had the spiky here. It was Zoe, Duncan, Jack and Jane. right after I right. probably met you a couple weeks after. And finally, they said, hey, they want to see you. And they said, like, 700 guys are doing, you know, audition. And I go, 700? And I said, and I, I didn't care at this point. When you don't care, it's weird. Things come to you when you don't care as much. Because you don't need them. You don't need them. And look, and I needed, like, I didn't know this, but this would be the best thing I had ever done when I, when I did get casted. But I remember them, I go, just tell me what they're doing wrong, these other guys. And they said, well, we want you to be charismatic, a sense of danger. Um, intelligent, a little bit uh, conniving, all these things, like three or four things. And they had three pages of sides. That's it, three, and I'm fencing with Clark Kent in the (laughs) opening scene. And I circled, be dangerous here, be charismatic here, be funny here. And that's what I did. And I went in there, and I remember it was the first time where a casting director, usually when you go in these casting rooms, you know this. Okay, sit down, blah, blah, say your name, here's the lighting, it's all set up. Well, she had me sitting down. Well, I hadn't rehearsed that way. And I wasn't thinking sitting down, I was thinking powerful. And I said, no, no, I think I want to stand up. She goes, um, well, I don't have it lit. And I go, how long will it take you? <laughs> and I, it was, I wasn't being a dick, but I was just like, I got to do this my way. right? And she goes, well, give me 15 minutes. And she wasn't really happy with me. And I went in there and I gave the audition of my life, and I just didn't care, and I was confident, and I walked out. and I go, "Hey!" And I always have this thing where afterwards I rip up the sides, throw them in the trash. I'm sure other people do that, but I do that because it's my way of saying, "Clear your head. Yeah. I'm done. Forget about this. Move yes. on. Yes, move on." And um, my agent says, "Hey, the studio wants to meet you." I go, "Nope." <laughs> Again, Why? and the, this is the, this is the the, the developmental uh, sort of. Uh, the, the child in me that didn't develop and, and something happened as a kid right. that I was, the fear and the approval and the nerves and all that. I was like, I can never be that good again. And especially like going in front of the studio. I go, I'll never be this good. He calls me back goes, the network and the studio will be in there. It's just one more audition. This is it. I go, no. That's, wor- that's worse. That's fucking worse. I'm not doing it. You came back to me with worse terms. He goes. Before. He goes, why are you doing this? Why are you self-sabotaging? Why? I go, listen. I will never be that good as I was in the room. <laughs> you tell them to just rewind the tape <laughs> and and watch the fuck. I swear I did. And I wasn't, again, I wasn't a dick. I go, please make it happen. And about a week later, he calls me and goes, you got the job.
1: That's hilarious. And you're
0: Lex Luthor. And I go, oh my God, I am never going to, they're going to fire me. And you probably would, you, you, it's very likely you would have lost the job. I would have lost the job. It. I knew in my head that I was as good as I could do it. It's like one of those things where you, you know this, when you do stand-up, you go up and you have two sets, yep. you have one, and you, the first one, you go, oh my God, that was amazing, and something random happened, and you already know that the next set's not going to be half as good as that, no matter what, <laughs> because something magical happened, right? Well, y- yes, but I also
1: view every show as a unique Organism, So it doesn't... I don't really think about it in those terms. I think, you know, any random collection of people can be a completely different... So it's not... So shows can be better in different ways. Right. Sometimes shows are riffier. Sometimes the audience is better. Sometimes they're polite. Sometimes they're bad. Sometimes I'm bad. You know, like it just... Like, there's... I don't really... It's not quite as binary to so me. So you
0: sort of take it as it's a new thing. This is... The next one's going to be different. It's what it is. And that's yeah. a whole different beast. Ab- absolutely. That's a smart way to think. Absolutely. See, that's part of my problem. I think about, oh, I'm doing the same thing. In fact, it's hard for me because I'm new at this. You've been doing stand-up your whole life. And a lot of these guys, I'm like, yeah, but once you do a set, I feel like if I go do another set somewhere else, I'm still doing the same material. Like, yes, people do the same material for years. Yeah. This I mean, is it's, what you do.
1: It's, it's part of the Part of the artistry of stand-up is not having to do a whole new set every time, but, but it's getting it better. It's and better. It's like being a sculptor and just like you know, like making the cutting details the better, cutting out the fat, evolving the set, yeah. and also being able to present material that you've said before is fresh and new. That's a completely you're other, absolutely right, completely other skill set. You know. That being said. I riffle out of my sets because it makes it different for me. Right, but you know, but every but every set's a little bit different. But going back to what you were saying yes. before, I think um, I think nature, as sentient as nature can be, views need as a weakness. So when you said like, well, when you don't need stuff, it comes to you. It's like yeah, because you know, if you think from an evolutionary standpoint, if an organism needs something then it's weak in that area. And so other organisms might be like, oh, we got to avoid that thing because it's needy. Because right. if it needs something, it can't provide... You know, it doesn't have the strongest DNA to keep the... You know, if I'm being really reductionist about it... Right. I'm sure none of this is actually true, but this is just how I view it. And so it's very difficult to pretend like you don't need something because you, you, you can't fake that. But I think it really just comes from... Having options, you know, of like, well, I could do this or I don't have to do this, you know, and that takes a lot of because need leads to desperation. When you're really in real need, you just get very desperate. Yeah. And it just like it. Pe- people just absorb it. Isn't that
0: something? It's just like How a, when it's you just need like something. yet yeah. People can see it from a mile away. Yeah. And it's, yeah,
1: that, I, I feel that's true. And, and they don't want to fucking have to deal with your... No. Whatever it is that you need. They got their own shit that they yeah. need. They can't focus on you. That's true. And so they just... It is it is really just like a social repellent. You know, like
0: real desperate need. I wanted to go back to you. I didn't finish your question. I got to the beginning, but you asked me about how does it feel with the hair thing. Fine, we have tons of time. And Well, the reason I want to bring it up is because I... I was nervous. You don't know what your head looks like when you shave it. Right? You don't know. Well, you do. I do now. You do now. Yeah. Katie, you have no idea. If you shaved your head, you would say there might be like a divot. Something happened as a child. You fell. Somebody hit you in the head. a tiny
1: little person who's just grown up. Yes. Undeveloped twin. See? Just hanging out on your scalp. Well,
0: I, as they shaved my head for the first time, this was the pilot. I already been cast. I didn't, they, they were shaving my head and I was going to act as Lex Luthor. I didn't have a choice. (laughs) If I was somehow missing half my scalp somehow, there was some weird disease. um, And I shaved it, and I was like, not bad, not bad. I remember just staring at myself, not saying a word, (laughs) one of the few moments where I didn't talk. And then there's just shaving my head, like, Natalie, and she keeps shaving my head. And I'm looking, I'm like, not bad. And I turn around, and I saw a reflection mirror of my it's called an occipital bone occipital Yeah, bone. your
1: occipital bone, yeah, in the
0: back. And mine is a lot larger than most. <laughs> yeah, it it's, is. It's a, it's a it's a large occipital bone. And uh I was I was nervous about this. I said I'm freak. I'm not I'm not they're going to fire me. They're going to see Behind me, and I, you know, this is the WB. You have to be somewhat attractive to be on it. (laughs) I didn't think I was attractive. I already had issues. They have a no protruding occipital bone policy. (laughs) It was a policy. It's very very clear in the paperwork. They did have that. Michigan uh, J.
1: Frog, like, no, double, double, double. (laughs) That was his name.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Oh my God. Yeah, you remember all these things. Well, anyway, I remember shooting the pilot and thinking, they're going to fire me. Nobody sees me as Lex Luthor. I can't be intimidating and scary and brilliant. <laughs> I'm just not. These are all the things that I'm not in real life. This is absolutely all pretend. And are they going to buy all of it? I hope the lighting's good. I hope the way I delivered these lines are good. And I just had to let it go. And I remember thinking I was going to get fired. They're going to replace me with some chisel chin guy. And this is it. And I remember David Nutter, who ended up directing a lot of the um, Game of Thrones mm-hmm. episodes. He's a brilliant director. He directed the pilot. And he called me in to do ADR. What's a D- ADR stand for? Additional Automated
1: Dialogue Replacement.
0: Automated. I wasn't even close. Automated Dialogue Replacement. Are you sure? Yeah. Not Additional Dialogue Recording?
1: Uh, that sounds better. I, 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 <laughs> I, we can look it up, but I think it's Automated Dialogue Replacement. It could be also, it could be, it could be one of those things that's like three or four things depending could on who you ask. But when I used to do ADR for the cartoons I worked on, it would say Automated Dialogue. You
0: probably are right. Yeah. ADR.
1: Uh, uh, it's an uh, automated or automatic dialogue replacement.
0: 8 nothing Hardwick. <laughs>
1: uh, so taking up room for something else that could be useful
0: <laughs> in my brain. So anyway, Dave Netter called me in, and uh, he goes, I want you to see the opening of the pilot, just the opening scene. And I watched it. And I had a little tear in my eye. It was the first time that I felt like I had done something that was pretty decent. Because in the past, I called my father. I go, "I'm doing this movie." He's like, "What kind of movie is it?" Oh, no. It's an independent movie, so it's not a real movie. Well, no, yes, it I is. mean it is. But who's in it? Uh, the new new. Yeah, so it's not, you're right. It's not a real movie. I've taught myself out of it. <laughs> uh, you know, it was that kind of thing. That's the voice in your head. That's the voice in my head, and nothing was ever good, and nothing was ever. And then I watched this, and I never. After that one call to my dad, I never. I never. Called them about that stuff again. In fact, to this day, I never tell my parents or anybody what I'm doing. Never. My brother goes, what's going on? I'm doing this thing. Oh, really? When did that happen? Try to explain a podcast to your dad. Was it like a radio show? <laughs> well, it is. It is. Well, who's so it's gonna, not real? Who's, who's gonna, it? Who's
1: going to listen I don't know who that is. Who's going to listen to your radio show? Center. I don't know who that is. Did you study radio? It's not real unless I know who it is. And there's a company that I've heard of that's paying you to do it. Otherwise All not real. we hear
0: is <laughs> Baby oh Gaga. It's David Bowie, Katie. You know that song? Sorry. That was belittling. I shouldn't have said that. No, I should, of course you know David Bowie. Um so I watched it and I had a tear in my eye and I called my parents who were together at the time, and I said, I think I've done something right. I think that this is this is gonna be a big, big show. And it's Someone might recognize me from it if I don't get fired <laughs> from my <laughs> occipital bone. <laughs> was it still WB at that point? It had not become it was CW the W yet. Uh, I think it was the WB. Then it came to CW. And I prayed to God, just let me be on a network with more than two letters. Because I, I think that Smallville was one of that
1: first wave of, of like genre shows with, for a younger audience. Mm-hmm. That it's kind of like in the in the vein of where Supernatural is. It's like this has a massive, passionate, fan base of young people. Yeah,
0: who it's like
1: their generation. And we didn't have show. social
0: media, right? I always tell people I'd have millions of followers too <laughs> if, if Smallville was around now. But I'll take my one thirty. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. like it's it was a huge. It was a phenomenon. It was a, the first of many. I always I'm, I'm very proud to say that it was really. I, I, not to say it made superheroes, television superheroes cooler, but it just the way it—how would I articulate that? It just was—it was shot in a certain way. They took it seriously. They, the, they, they tried to make the acting good. The effects were great. They still hold up. I think the whole, the quality of the show, was just exceptional. Yeah. And 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 a lot of times, you know, you could be great in something that just looks like shit, wasn't that good, and no one sees. But very few times in a, in your career, if any where all those things line up or it's like I'm in something where everything's pretty good yeah so I have to step up my game right I felt like the other actors are good and and the and, and the effects are good and people are and, and like it was it was sort of a pressure but a good pressure it was nice to be on something that was good because I had been on a lot of things that weren't and still am to this day I keep doing <laughs> things that aren't great but I keep. Striving for greatness. Well, and
1: also, (laughs) you know, I mean, you're not, it's not like you're done. You, no, you, no, you, no. You could work for another 40 years if you wanted to. You know, I,
0: I'm, I'm insatiable as hell. Nothing's ever good enough. And I think you're the same way. You should sure. do a million things. And like we said, we don't get carried away anymore. It's more, my therapist calls it, I, I think I told you, the colander effect. You know, a colander, yeah. it's what you put spaghetti in and the, you put water and the water goes right through it. Yeah. So it's sort of like you feel, this is, nothing's really sustained. Sure. That's sort of like, you're great. It used to be when you are younger, It's like, I am, I am. But it, it goes, it's fleeting. So it we're just, just sort left of, with wet pasta. Wet Pasta. Yeah. And what's the hard pasta when it's too hard called? Al dente. Al dente. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and paternoster means... Our father. Right. And this is um, $25,000 pyramid. Um, things you say in a podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's $25,000 pyramid. Uh, this is uh, rhubarb. Yes. Um, yeah. But I heard a great story
1: about Dick Clark, just to go about pyramid. When he took that show, you know, he was, he was a big radio guy. mm mm-hmm. And he was doing all this, he was getting all this stuff going. He was kind of getting his own production entity going. And uh, they offered him Pyramid, which he was not a producer on. And they didn't really offer him a lot of money to do it. And his, his representatives were like, ah, oh, maybe you shouldn't take this. It's not. And he goes, oh, how many times is it, you know, what's the, commi- the order? And it was like a huge order to do Pyramid. And he goes, take it. I don't care what the money is. And they're like, really? And he goes, I will be on television every day. And that will grow all the-. Like, he had the foresight. To know that it wasn't about, you know, that short-term gain of, you know, a few hundred thousand extra dollars wow. or whatever, that it meant so much to his overall, like, he just had a bird's, he just had a, a big picture, a bird's eye view of everything, and he knew that, that, that would raise the water level on the rest of his business, and, you know, what, what, Dick Clark Productions sold for, what, like a billion, I mean, it was some crazy amount of
0: money. The first thing I would have thought about is, that's a lot of work. Do I have to do that? Do I have to do that every day? Every day. I think for me is like, and and that's incredible. Not every day, but they gang shoot those. You know, you shoot like oh, you shoot like five a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you're done for the for like a month. (laughs) You're done for like that is key. Yeah, that's you know. But you're very current with your podcast. Like this will air when? I don't know. When's this gonna air, Kitty? The end of this month. But you don't get backed up. You know, I at first I thought let's do ten in two weeks and then have a couple months off. Do you ever do that? no because it's i mean we've had some that we've had to hold on to
1: for a little bit longer sometimes and right. it's only because you know a lot of times when people agree to do the podcast they have you know their their promotion cycle has right needs. right like, well, right well this right. has to go we have up movie on it. Coming out. it has to go up because the thing opens friday and they really it. Right. okay fine and so then we kind of do our best to accommodate everyone but in general just because these are so conversational and not really planned sometimes you can feel you know, people. When we'll post one that we recorded a couple months ago, we sometimes we'll refer to things that were happening, and people go, what the fuck did you?" What are you talking about? Like, well, this was a couple. So it's yeah. really just about the freshness. Yeah, you know, it's really just about the freshness date. That's true. Uh, you know, the uh, sell sell by this date for max for optimal freshness. <laughs> and yeah. So so we try, but then also we would have to record so. I just can't record a lot at once. We just like your brain gets scrambled. Yeah, it's not. I love having these conversations, but it does require a tremendous amount of focus. Like, if I did any more, like, I've done three in a day before, and by the end of I the did third too, one, yeah. I can't think straight.
0: I get anxiety by the third one. Well, because you, I'm just a little bit like, oh, what the fuck? I'm, I'm, I'm freaking out. Even as conversational as they
1: are, when you are technically the host of a thing, you still have to
0: drive it and drive. It's an energy. It's exhausting. It takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of focus. And you just had a workout right before this. Just had a workout. You just worked out. Feeling fit. Oh, my God. I
1: have not been – I've been eating healthy for the last couple months, like really healthy because my cholesterol is high. Is that genetic? I don't – my dad's cholesterol was high, but he ate a lot of shitty food and drank. So he he had to get his down through diet, and I'm doing the same. It's slowly going down, but I cut out – I don't really eat a lot of extra processed sugar. Do you eat a lot of bread? Not, I've, I've reintroduced it into my diet a little bit, but not a lot. But bread's very bad for cholesterol, by the way, because your body just stores it as fat and sugar, like all the starchy stuff. But I have it a little bit, not a ton. But for Thanksgiving, oh my it was God. also my birthday, so there was birthday cake. Yeah, happy birthday. I Thank see you. Birthday. And donuts. Someone sent Blue Star donuts, which are some of my favorites. And you ate all of it. I ate a cake and a donut and some peanut butter balls and some fucking tea cakes. And I was so sick the next day. Really? And I'm still recovering from it a little bit. Like my body, like once I took that out of my diet and tried to have it again, it did not. I am definitely feeling the the effects and also my age.
0: You know, I just, I, I, I don't have high cholesterol. I come from a family that's like pretty healthy, my, everything in my, my blood. But for some reason, I get fatigued. And I think fatigue has to do something with a little maybe anxiety or a little stress. It's probably did stress you, and mental Did energy. you have anxiety? Always. A lot. You, but yeah, you've had a lot of anxiety. Did anxiety cause you a lot of fatigue? Of course.
1: Because it's your brain is constantly engaged. You know, anxiety is a lot of what if questions. Um, it's a lot of what if this happens? What if I don't do this? What if I fail? What if I die? What if I'm sick? What if I, this person hates me? You know, it's a lot of... Y- it's like your brain is trying to prepare for all of these eventualities. Like it's, but your brain's trying to prepare for all the eventualities, and uh, yeah, like it, it comes out like constantly these thoughts, right? Yeah, stupid. And, and and when your brain is that engaged all the time, it does take a toll on because your body's expending you're expending energy to go
0: through all of it. Well, for me, I look at you, someone who does everything like you do. <laughs> well, you do so much, and you're married. It's true. You have this huge career, and you're married. But for me, I'm like, you know, I'm not married. I have a dog. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love my family. I have friends. They're my family. It's legal in some states, right? Was in Indiana, where I grew up. Yep. Um, but I feel like I, I, I want to do tons of stuff, but it's just like I have to prioritize. I feel like when you do too much, that it just then you're not you're not being as great as you can. Right. If you just do a little less, right. Focused well, on the things that
1: are important. Well, that's why if you really want to kind of scale up. The amount of things you're working on, that's where it, that's where you have to collaborate and that's where you have to delegate and that's where you have to work with, you know, really great people who are smarter at doing things like that. That's why, you know, yeah, you can't do everything because it does compromise the quality of all the stuff, but also you can't do everything like you're. Not good at ever No one's good at everything. Really? And other people are
0: good <laughs> at... Wait a minute. I know. Katie's
1: pretty good at a lot of Katie's things. Katie's great at everything, but uh, but most people aren't. And so you know, you just have to recognize what you're really good at and what you want. You have to figure out what you want to do and how does the Venn diagram overlap with what you're good at or what you think you can be good at, what you can learn. And um, and so that, that's how I'm able to work on a lot of different stuff is that... that you know, like I, I'm not running the animation company every day. My partner right. Shaddy is running that because that's what she's and amazing And do you make at. that
0: clear like when you say, hey, if I'm going to do this, I'm not going to do a lot of the work?
1: Well, I think it's I, – I, you know, it's twofold. Number one, it's not having the energy – it's not having the energy to physically do everything and it's also – recognizing that it's not healthy to micromanage people. It's not healthy for them. Right. Because a lot of the time, if you're going to hire people, the thing that always frustrates me about some productions is that they'll hire you, and they'll go, we like what you do, we want you to do this, and they'll hire you, and they'll start telling you how to do it. And you're like, well, why did you hire me? You could have just hired a chip, Right. You know." And did so, you go through that stage, though, where you, you were micromanaging at some point in your life? Yeah, but it just requires too much energy. And then also, much. you don't get the best out of people If you don't allow them – because I just assume Mm – I automatically assume like, well, if you have a skill set, you're better at that thing than I am. So if I'm going to hire you, I trust that you know what you're doing. And for the most part, I might give notes every once in a while, but they're flexible notes. If you feel strongly about something that I say and you don't agree with it, then you don't always have to follow it. You know, Like just make a case – And and I I try to listen to people and let them be the best them that they can be because then if you're trying to micromanage everyone then everyone's just trying to be a version of you and that's limiting to them when they could be so much better than you being themselves in whatever area it is so that's why it's good to you know collaboration is good and also you know you form a unique chemical compound with every person or organization that you work with. And so that's really fun.
0: Interesting. Do you work with a lot of different people or do you try to do everything yourself? Uh, I work with a lot of, I have a writing partner. She lives in Minnesota. Now we've written a couple of scripts together or working on stuff, but I let her sort of like when we have this new thing of notes, I'm like, I don't have the time to go through these notes. I'm going to help you with the notes. But then once we have a plan, can you go take care? Yeah, of this? and it's really important to understand. And I just, I just, I know that it's better for her. She has a little more time, and she loves it a lot more Good. than I do. Well, it's also important <laughs> to
1: understand like what the agreement is going into each
0: collaboration. Yeah. Like
1: you can't, yes, you can't just go to sleep and let someone else do all the work. It's like you have to understand
0: if they're doing this, how is my skill set complementary and additive? hundred a- percent. That's so- what I do. That I, I pretty much say, listen. I'm going to make all the calls. I'm going to get the meetings. I'm going to do this. You're going to help more on the rewrites and things like that. Yeah. But I'm going to try and really get this made. Yeah. And I know she can't exactly do that. Right. She doesn't have that sort. Of, but she's a great writer too. Right. And so we work really well together. That's cool. What and, What are you working on? You said you're working on a well, show. I wrote a, uh, well, I'm doing that's uh, that's a horror movie. I actually it's, I have a new draft of that horror movie. You do. Yeah. Send it. So I will. It's it's really it's really cool. It's it's dark. It's serial killer ish. Fantastic. Uh, love story. Um. But I'm, doing a, I'm, doing a, I'm writing a show right now. Uh, Eric Tannenbaum, who used to run Sony, and he produced Two and a Half Men. Oh, yeah, he yeah, pro- yeah. I know he Eric. Produ- he produced me on Impastor, which I did for two years. And uh, he's like, I want to do something. So I'm writing a show sort of based on me if I didn't have any success or any money or anything is loosely based on me and, and um, kind of a guy who's just trying to find happiness in life. Yep. And, uh, you know, got some great people attached to that and got a movie called uh, The Neighbor with Bill Fickner.
1: Oh, he's fucking great.
0: Fall. He's great. He was very intimidating. I had to have lunch with him because the director goes, Bill wants to meet with you before we... I'm <laughs> T- like... 2011 podcast, I think, Bill Fickner. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bill's great. He was the blind guy in uh, Contact. Yep. He was, he's was. he been in everything. The guy's been he's in so prison good. break. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. And I was intimidated. It was one of those things where I remember sitting down having lunch with him. And he was like, I remember him just looking at me like he... I could tell he's judging me. Right. Like he's just... But he's a nice guy. He's just like... Yeah, like, you know, that look that you give someone where you're like, yeah, you're not getting the part. At what point were you like, what is it? What are you looking at? I'm like, I I, I actually just said it for me. I'm compelled to just whatever I'm feeling. Sometimes I just say it like you're making me fucking nervous. (laughs) And he's like, he looks at me, he starts laughing. And I'm like, I'm trying to make you think that I'm this guy for the character. But at the same time, I don't want you to think I'm he's like, no, no, no. And at the end, he called me, says, "Dude, you want to do it? I, I love it. And and we did it and I remember doing the first scene with him and it was just like one of those things where he's really nice. It's one of these actors and you look up to and then you do a scene and you almost have to prove yourself and like I can fucking do this. I'm, you know, I'm an actor and then you do it and then he sort of looks at you and goes, okay, and then everything's cool. He just (laughs) wants, I'm telling you, that's like, I've had, I've had that sort of happen with big actors where I'm like, okay, I feel like I have to prove, I'm not proving myself. I just sort of have to just do my fucking work, say my lines, but I, I feel a sort of a respect after yeah, like, okay, you don't suck completely. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So there's that. but I, I'm always like I, everything I do, whether it's this podcast or whether it's I always want to you know be entertaining, you always want to be fun, you always want I put too much pressure on myself.
1: Chris. Oh, yeah, yeah. I completely understand it. It's it you know it's because you want, but again, if your motivation is that you want people to like you, you're always going to drive yourself crazy. Yeah. Because you can't – it's impossible. But I, but I really do understand it. I honestly – I feel like I'm really good getting to know people and then at a certain point I just feel like I'm annoying and they hate me. <laughs> I lost
0: them. You know? yeah, true. I lost them. I, I've, I've always been one. though. I've had a lot, a lot of friends in the industry and a lot, I, most of the friends I hang out with aren't actors but I do have – you know, big actor friends. But I just—I always feel like I've always been the same guy. No matter how much you try to change or you try to put the cool persona on or like, hey, I'm I'm mellow, it always comes out. The real you always comes out. Yes. And so those people who stick around and go, hey, he's a pretty cool guy. Right. That's it. Or I'm going to hire him. He's easy to work with. Right. You come out no matter what. You can't hide who you are. (laughs) You know what I mean? I mean, Christopher Walken could try to just go, I'm not going to do the voice. I'm like, all right, now I'm doing it. It's coming out. I'm Christopher Walken, Hardwick. You know, I mean, that's ultimately what happens. Sophia did it. In the kitchen, Blanche. With Dorothy. Blanche did it with every weapon, everywhere in the house. She took the study. She went to the dining room. Blanche did it with Dreyfus, the next door neighbor's dog. Was that the next-door neighbor's dog? Yeah, that was... uh, Why do you know that? I
1: don't know. It's just in my brain. But Dreyfus? And then he spun off and had Empty Nest. Name five characters on different strokes. Uh, Kimberly. Yes. uh, Arnold. Willis. Mr. Drummond. And, um... Oh, and then Charlotte Ray was the original housekeeper who then went on to do Facts of Life. Mrs. Um, G- mi- m- uh, miss- oh, wait. What was it? What Fuck. Was it? it wasn't Mrs. Garrett. Mrs. Garrett. It was Mrs. Garrett. Yeah. And then there was Dudley. And then there was Dudley. Dudley Arnold's friend. Yes, that's when the. Sh- yes, because. That's when it got dark. It, because he started dating, Mr. Drummond started dating that uh, southern lady, and she had the, du- the kid. Shavar Ross was the actor. Interesting. Between the two of us, we have covered. Different strokes. A lot of different strokes. I think that's pretty good. But then but then there was a second housekeeper who was like oh, another yeah. little what old was lady. Her name? She was a little, little white-haired lady, and I can't remember her name. Her
0: her name I I cannot remember. Hmm. And what was the show with Nell Carter? Uh Gimme a Break. That was give I me a break. I love that theme song. I would just watch the theme song and then change the channel.
1: Give me a break. I she'll sure deserve it. Give Not me a break. break. <laughs> That's I right. Made it to the yeah, I remember that. Oh, Watched what a the great show. that oh, Yeah, my gosh. Did you ever watch uh, Little House on the Prairie? That show bored me because I didn't like pioneer themed things, and I did, and and I just felt like that was a show when I was a kid. Where like I loved the Twilight Zone, like oh yeah, I, I just didn't. Nothing really happened for me on the... I, I didn't really understand the dense pioneer drama of Little House on Michael the Prairie. Michael Landon
0: would always somehow make me cry. I watched Highway to Heaven. Oh, sure. Did you watch that? Some, yeah. I liked a good cry every once in a while. You know, he's just
1: an angel down here helping people. Right. I mean, it's just, it was a beautiful story. It's just a lovely, beautiful guy and a beautiful story. But yeah, Little House, I never really... And I watched a lot of comedies too. I could tell you five shows you never watched. Okay. Dynasty. Of course I did. You did? Of
0: course I did. Dallas. Yes. Falcon Crest. I did, because my mom watched all those shows. Jake and the Fat Man? Yes. Or was it Big Guy? Jake and the Fat Man. Now you can't say that. It's Big Guy. It's Big <laughs> <laughs> Too close for comfort. Yes,
1: Ted Knight. Well, of course, too close for comfort. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Monroe. It <laughs> was Monroe. Monroe. The character who was, it was like, it's so funny there was a time where they couldn't just say, yeah, Monroe's gay. They live in San Francisco.
0: <laughs> yep. did do it. They couldn't. But I didn't know what's-his-name was gay. The guy from uh, uh, Hollywood Squares. Paul Lind? I know, ne- but I was a kid. I didn't know what gay was. In fact, even in my teenage years, I thought gay was bumping weenies. <laughs> I thought just two guys would bump weenies, and that didn't feel bad. I think bad that's a to way me. to do it. That didn't seem terrible. You're just nothing wrong with a little. little. Docking? a wiener? No, it's fine
1: docking. Is that docking? I think that's docking. Isn't that when someone's uncircumcised? Oh, and then they can like... They can connect? Yeah. Yeah. It'd be really great if you could just (laughs) will... If you didn't have to pull it over, but you could just will the turtleneck over the... That's alien technology, though. That is. That's a little advanced for us. Right now. Right now it is. But...
0: What was the show I just was talking about? Too Close for Comfort? Uh, no, uh, Paul Lynn. Uh, yeah. But Paul Lynn, I heard a funny story. Mark Hamill told me this story. I oh, tell you this? great. No. Mark Hamill said he was on a plane with Paul Lynn. Oh, uh, my God. I already love it. And the mother, this, this kid kept racing up and down first class. Yep. And just disturbing, bumping into Paul's elbow as he's trying to sleep. And finally, Paul looks at the, the, the kid's mother and says, if your son doesn't stop running by me, I'm going to fuck him. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> you
1: couldn't say that now. I don't think you can say it now anyway. You know, you would the the have 70s, to edit that. In the 70s.
0: X gets the square <laughs> Paul the queen dissolved members of the parliament can you explain well maybe she liked magic tricks <laughs> he was like I didn't know I was just like who's this eccentric guy I, I, her apparently he was abusive with his friends was he? Like he beat his friends up what? he would hit his friends that's but cruel. they still hung around with him read I didn't it. know the story I read some stuff about
1: him I saw him I was going down a tonight show rabbit hole once and I saw him on the tonight show where he sort of dropped the character <laughs> And he was just that's good. talking yeah. as himself and talking about how uncomfortable he was. If, you know, if you watch some he of He doesn't really talk like that? No. So, I mean, that, that's an affectation. Right. The, the up and down is a bit of an affectation. <laughs> right. uh, Samantha, you better tell Darren to get out of here. You know? X so a square. he... Uh, it, but if you watch some of those older Tonight shows, like in the 70s, they're very podcasty Because, you know, I think... Late night talk shows have come to sort of be very superficial because there's not a lot of time and they just have to get through the promotion. But if you watch some of those older ones, they're very, very, very conversational and they come out of that, you know, that dick cavity era of just having people talk as themselves. Right. And they're really, really good. They're really interesting. And Johnny was great at setting people up and
0: people would open up to him and... What do you think of TV shows today would be like? You know, like you got Fallon, you got Kimmel, which I love. They're great shows. Yeah. They're great guys. But don't you think some people, like, they want to see... Or maybe they don't. that They want to see a little bit of the... They want to be quite... Like if Kim Kardashian came on one of their shows and he just asked her something that was just, like, not your typical... People don't want to see that, though, right? You got to be light. You got to be fun. You got... It's late night. You... Now there's so
1: much competition... And there's such a drive to, for stuff that's clippable. You just got to... To pass the clips around, you know. Before, and you have six
0: when, minutes, right? You have six minutes Six for minutes, you know,
1: when Carson was on, it was like 40 million people a night or whatever it was were watching, and there were only three channels. And so while they did have to make sure that the show was engaging, mm-hmm. they didn't have to chase the audience the way that they do now. They're, again, this goes back to need and desperation. There's so much need and desperation in so many television shows because they're so many things vying for your attention not just other shows not just network and cable but digital stuff and games and you know I mean I have a fucking arcade on my phone you know like when I was a kid it wasn't I didn't we didn't you you had an Atari but the experience was different than uh, although I did play it a lot. But but it's just like we have so many entertainment options and so many things pulling for our attention at all times. Don't and now, you miss the
0: old days at all? No,
1: I mean, yes and no. I think there are good things and bad things about it. I think everything's so interconnected now and there's so much, you know, I mean, there's... It, 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 we're, there's so much more information available and But it's
0: it's hard. It makes it harder. It's like there's so many things to watch, there's so many things to do that you end up not doing them. It, it's but, like it's almost too much. But it puts pre- like in the old days pressure as a pressure on you as a
1: creator was to be good enough so that a one of three companies would show you to the world. That's
0: true. Now true. You, you, have, you the oh, onus is 50. on you
1: as a creator right. to Make something that's good and engaging and interesting enough to cut above the noise, and so it's really just you have the, you have a similar responsibility. It's just it's just the the infrastructure has changed, and now the 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 network the old school network is now essentially a crowdsourced attention yeah. corporation. Right, if that makes any sense. Well, do
0: you, you notice that like back in the day, it's like when you had Raiders of the Lost Ark came out. Yes, you knew that a big movie like that probably wouldn't come out for six months to a year. Right. A big movie where you could just, like, there's so excitement. And now I just feel like I'm not knocking movies, but I'm just saying every month there's something, the huge animated blockbusters, like, there's so many. That for me, it's just, I don't know if it's as exciting. If it's that we're all spoiled kids now. Well, we've just seen so much. And part of that is just
1: age. You know, like, we st- we have seen, you you and I have seen, so much entertainment. I mean, we just sang the fucking fact, the, the, the give me a break theme song. Like we've seen so much that it's just all kind of like, oh, I've yeah, whatever. Yeah, I've seen that. I don't need to. Do I really need to get in my car and go park and go to the arc light, wait in line, get in the fuck? Someone's <laughs> gonna be on their fucking phone in the right. seat net, you know? Right. So it just we we've just <laughs> we're getting to the point where we've just had it, you know, with having to deal with stuff. Or so, maybe I'm
0: just becoming my father. Mm, um,
1: Maybe it's possible in some ways, but I doubt that you will fully be able. I, feel, I think you will fully become your father because you're so aware of of not becoming. Yeah, my father. <laughs> Which weirdly might loop you around and become like him in certain ways, but in general, I don't think
0: you'll. I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think that's a real. Well, I would say this though. I give. I commend him. Oh, he was. he was such a hard worker. That's all he did. He never missed a day in forty years of work. Never missed a day. Work was his life. That was it. What did he do? I respect. He worked in a pharmaceutical company. He was a plant manager for Watson, and he makes big drugs. In wow. fact, he manufactured the drugs my mother took. Pretty sure. Interesting. Probably no, but he uh, he was always working. He was just uh, a guy loved work. He was really close with all the people he worked with, and just didn't really understand just me. I don't think he just, I think he just, you know, when I wanted to become an actor, here he was 1420 SAT, which was good back then. I don't know sure. how the numbers changed. Sure, I think it's changed. still, yeah. Smart guy, you know, went to Stony Brook University, worked in labs, just really bright, very educated. And then he just saw that, you know, I was kind of different. I was eccentric. I was going to be uh, an actor. I remember him seeing me in a play, which I go, hey, I'm pretty good in this. I think he's going to, and I remember them seeing me, you know, and he's like, oh, okay. And we went to a steak at Denny's. And I remember saying, so I think I'm going to be an actor. He's like, eat your steak. That was it. I remember, eat your steak. He's like, because think about it. you're, You're like, oh, great. You don't want your kid to become an actor. I mean, you want them to do what they want to do. But I can understand now that he just wanted me to be happy and successful maybe. And being an actor is a one in a million shot. Forgive me for asking this. T- tell me the name of your podcast again. Inside of you, with inside Mike, of with you, that's a
1: good name. You could have called it "Eat Your Steak." <laughs> Eat your steak. Eat your steak. But people are like, "What does it mean? What are Eat you Eat your doing? steak. Eat your steak. Eat your steak.
0: <laughs> this is fun. It is great. I, I mean, love your house. Oh, thanks. I could I could walk around even when you're not here. Yeah,
1: you could be walk weird. Around. You could haunt. You could be a. You could be a a um, like a like you could haunt the house. But without you being could. a ghost,
0: yeah, we could just hear you in the wall. I said we should play some hide and seek because you have so much cool shit. You have this cellar. It reminds me of like old, oh, like Boris Karloff lived here. You know, we should do like a murder mystery here. I mean, this would be a blast. Yeah, uh, yes. I mean, I like that kind of shit. Or we could play a good game of Golden Girls Clue. Oh my god, I want to play that so bad. Do you have it? I'm getting it. We have to get it. I'm going to get you one. I w- really? How about this? I'm going to get you one for
1: the holidays. I would really... Appro- I'm yeah, not I'm get joking. I will play the shit out of Golden Girls Clue. I swear to God, I'm going to get you it. That
0: that show is... It was priceless.
1: It still is. It still It still, holds still up. makes
0: me laugh. Yeah. It still makes me cry.
1: And there's... They're sweet. There's only one surviving member of that cast. And her name
0: is... Betty White. Betty White. How old is Betty White? She's 92 or three. Can you name the four actors? Of course you can. Rue McCallaghan.
1: Estelle Getty, Rue McClanahan, B. Arthur, Betty White. Um, That's pretty good. And then uh, the guy who played the neighbor was Richard. uh, He was on soap. Not Schimmel. No, no. Robert Schimmel was a a separate comedian. Yeah, yeah. Richard Mulligan. Richard Mulligan. No, Mole. No, Richard Martin Mull was,
0: was on Golden Girls, wasn't he? Ever? He might have guest
1: starred. Mar- Richard Mull was bull on Night Court. Richard yes. Mulligan was the neighbor who was on the
0: spin off of Empty yes. Nest. Uh, Give me the beatbox version of Night Court. Burn up.
1: Burn up. That's pretty damn good. Give me Barney Miller.
0: Going to Barney Miller.
1: Uh, okay, Barney Miller's switching it. Uh, <laughs> Barney Miller!
0: But they didn't say that. But they, they didn't have any words. I love- this is Barney Miller! <laughs> Barney Miller! Name three characters in Barney Miller and that's it. Um, Fish? Yep. Uh, Barney? Barney. <laughs> uh, Wojo. Wojo The, the Asian guy?
1: Yeah, that, no, that was the... The guy with red hair was Wojo Hoets, I think wow, his name I was. I remember that. That was uh, a good show. Yeah, it was good. That was a great show. Hal Linden.
0: Hal Linden.
1: Barney Miller. Someone probably no stranger to Battle of the Network Stars back in the day. They rebooted that, didn't they? Didn't ABC do Battle of the Network Stars again? Did they? I think they did. Katie? Did it do well? I don't know. <laughs> Battle of the network, cable, and internet stars. Did you ever do Dancing with the Stars? No, probably not. Are you a good dancer? Not really. Could you become a good dancer? I mean... Are you coordinated? I think I could be passable if I dropped everything else I was doing and focused on it. Isn't that the thing? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Then, you
0: know, I'm going to drop my career and do Dancing with the Stars.
1: Well, that's that's, the idea. It's like, well, you only have so much time and energy in your life, you know, like if you wanted to... Drop everything and become a. I mean, I would never be a great dancer, but I could, I could be an okay for a layperson, for a non professional dancer, if I really, really focused all of my energy. But I'm never going to do that because I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. That doesn't excite me. Do you, me you dance by yourself,
0: Chris? Definitely do. not. Do you not ever get out of the shower like that, no, my I do? poor wife? No, but you never by yourself. I will hear a Mike and mechanic in the Mechanic song. Come mm-hmm. on. And I will just go in front of the mirror naked and I'll dance. Which Micah and the Mechanic song? Not in the living years. That's a sad <laughs> song. A His dad eyes at the end. I'm not gonna dance to that. That would be macabre. Loud <laughs> um, All I need is a miracle. D- yep. All yeah. I need is you. Do
1: a little white guy shuffle oh, of that. Man. Yeah. My poor wife would love to dance more, and she'll just she'll just come up to me and start dancing around me, and I just stand very still and just sort of shut my eyes. Like when is this gonna end? And uh, <laughs> and and I feel bad for her really? because she's not getting the full... Like She she deserves me to be the kind of partner who will just dance with her. But I just freeze because I get, I'm get i socially awkward and I don't know what to but do. But she with. knew you couldn't dance before you got married. She, you know, she did. She agreed to it. Yeah. She, she, agreed, feel she like, agreed to that. She can't say, you know what? Yeah, nothing's changed. Yes.
0: I didn't yeah, do it yeah.
1: while we were dating. She started dancing, she'd think something's going on. She would think, yeah, are you cheating? Why are you dancing now? This is weird. Yeah. This is weird. You're so lucky. You're married.
0: I'm lucky. I'm on, I'm that on, a, d- I'm on to a dating good app. person. Yeah, she seems like a great person. I just, saw, I just saw her boots. She's the best. She is. Well, I don't. I don't really know her. <laughs> I met her once. How do you? How are you finding the dating apps? Well, I'm only on one. Here's what I did. I'm on this one. It's called it's a, Raya. Am I allowed to say that? So I've been on that, and uh, you know the problem with this is that's I, the actor he Well, I, Raya. I was on a, I was in a relationship, and then I was out of a relationship. So I got on this thing, Raya. Yeah. So. What happens is you're like, you connect with someone. You're like, well, that's that's a start. Yeah. And then you say, hey, how's it going? What else are you going to say? Yeah. Like, be original. Like, how do you be original? Did I don't know be you. Original? No, no, but I hear that. Like, you know, you could see on there things that says be original. Just not like, you know, if you're looking for sex, this is not the, you know, or just here for friends, whatever. So I'll say, hey, how's it going? Hope you had a great weekend. I feel really stupid. <laughs> I don't add that last part. And then four days later, oh hey, what's going on? Oh, not much. Four days. It's like it's like this whole. It's like you're still playing games. I thought you're on here to kind of, right? And then my my mo is I, I'm not embarrassed by it. I will. I'd rather go to coffee first if I don't know you and I can't see you. I don't want to just pick you up and go to dinner with someone I don't know for three or four hours and it's uncomfortable if you don't like them or maybe they're not into me. And now what do you do? Right. But if you just go for coffee. Or does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. It's a good way to sort of casually get to know each other to find out like,
1: yeah, let's take this to the dinner level.
0: And you know what else works for me? Let's say you're texting. Let's say you're texting for two weeks. Okay. Here and there. It's nice. It's a rapport. It's I know it's beyond weather talk. You know, it's like, oh, I did this this weekend. blah, blah. blah. Oh, yeah. What's your sister? You know, it's getting let's have a FaceTime before we go on a date.
1: Boy, I don't know if I would have done that. I don't no, know. I, did, I did a dating app? Let me tell you.
0: Call me a freak. Call me a weirdo. Because the second I'm talking, Katie, you're talking to a guy. I'm sure you're you're in a relationship. Your you're, you're, you're a stable woman. Uh, and I'll just be like, Hey, what's going on? And right away, you start to get a rapport. Like you see if you're even like it's just you're talking to them. I FaceTime my parent, my grandparents, my we parents, are my meant
1: friends to look at each other's faces. By the way, we
0: like, are we have
1: evolved. I mean, like maybe maybe we'll evolve out of that. Yes. This generation, like the kids being born now might evolve out of that. And Like, no, no, we just interface with text. But, you know, what's very difficult is there's such a small part of language is the actual words that you are using. And
0: so much is about context and nuance and body yeah. language. and Yeah, eye contact I can't. And- I, I'm not good on text. One girl told me once she said, you're a terrible flirter. And I'm like. <laughs> I haven't met you. Your (laughs) texts are not flirty at all. I'll say something. And I'm like, I can't flirt on text. Wow. What are you wearing? Right. Gosh, you look cute. I think. (laughs) What do you say? It's all odd. It's all very odd. So an occasional FaceTime. Like maybe we talk and you're like, yeah, you know what? The vibe. I just wasn't in. And then you're done. You don't even have to go on a date. Right. Why? Why do that? I just FaceTime coffee. FaceTime or go for coffee or lunch. Have a go, have a burger somewhere. I would be more because I, I think FaceTime is a little awkward. Do you? Because I, I, I FaceTime all my friends. You know why? Because family.
1: you're constantly looking. You're not looking at the camera because you're trying to make eye contact, so you're looking down. And then at a certain point, you just start looking around because the other person's not in the room with you. I would much rather meet up, you know, with someone. Okay, and you know, I I, I did go on a date once where we met for coffee first. And uh, it was nice, and then we we went and had dinner, and then
0: and then it didn't go any further than that. But it was but it was all very pleasant. But if I'm fa- like, here's the deal, I don't Facetime like, hey, how's it going? I'm gonna Facetime you right now. That's not that. Right. It's more like. Hey, a week or two of texting and like getting a little bit of, oh, here's my actual number. And then here's, and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, you want to just like FaceTime? It's like, who knows? Maybe you'll hate me. You'll think I'm a creep. I'll, right. I'll just get on. A, and then we talk for a few minutes. That's happened. I can't say with everybody, but it has happened. Well, it, it, it is, uh,
1: I, I do Dating's not, a bitch. It is, it is, it is. It is, especially when you like to know what's going
0: on. Am I too old? Hardwood. No, we're not too I'm old. I'm 45. Well, you're married. Of course you're not too old. How old are
1: you? I just turned forty six. You look incredible. It's the workout you just had. Come on. I don't, you know, I, don't I don't look it. at you and think Thanksgiving cake. Mm, yeah, fuck. Well, I didn't eat all the cake.
0: The well, cake was so good. What was it? What kind of cake was
1: it? It was a red velvet cake. But my wife got this company called Delicious. I think it's called Delicious Arts. And they made a fucking incredible turkey cake. A turkey cake. I'm going to show you a picture of it. It is a it is a like a cartoonish turkey cake <laughs> that had a red velvet interior, so that when we cut the cake, it he sort of looked like we had uh, like like really cut
0: into him. Um,
1: I have to see this here.
0: Let's see. Oh holy crap! How would they do that? You guys can't see this, but this is certainly a giant turkey. It's elevated. I it's... posted it on my Instagram. Oh, you, they know this. People have seen this. If you Some look have. on, on yeah. Chris's Instagram. That's a. That's probably a, f- a very expensive cake. It probably was. It probably. It probably was. It that was could a... have been about a two hundred dollar cake.
1: And so, of course, uh, I had to take a picture because his eyes were all googly. So, of course, I had to take a picture of uh, me pretending to blow the turkey cake. Oh, of uh, course. I mean, why wouldn't I do that? That's pretty phenomenal. Why wouldn't I do that? I, I, my mom was here for Thanksgiving, and I go, Mom, turn around. I'm going to do something. And she goes, I know what you're going to do. And so my mom has started doing this thing. Like when I do filthy things like that, she just starts going, vagina, 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 vagina. I'm like, please. She goes, now you know how it feels. I go, but Please. Don't do this. Let me just blow the turkey in peace, mom.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. My mother's not uh, affected by me doing anything. In fact, I went, I, I'm not sure you like toilet talk, but. Uh, Love it. Well, I was home in uh, Indiana, and I had a Pizza King Stromboli, one of my favorites, and I thought I could make it to my mom's house in time. Seven-minute drive, and I drove there, and the doors were locked. She wasn't home. She stepped out for a minute, and I was really – it was hitting me. And I looked across, and I hadn't met the neighbor who was mowing the lawn, and I didn't want to ask the neighbor if I could just go use this crap and take a big crap in his yeah. house. I just felt like it wasn't, it wasn't right. And so I was I uh, was what am I gonna do here? I'm freaking. I'm sweating now. You know the sweat you have mm-hmm. when you just gotta go to the bathroom, Katie the we've stromboli all been there. shit sweats? Yeah, stromboli shit sweats, the SS mm-hmm. uh stromboli shit sweats. Three S's yes, three S. <laughs> <laughs> and uh I went in my rental car and I went in the glove compartment. I got the plastic bag that holds all the registration and everything. And I got some. I saw the little cotton that have like 15. That probably had eight wipes left. And I jumped Where over her fence. Where is this going? And I, and I took a country squat in her backyard. And I wasn't pleased with it. And Did you I dig a hole? A, a or? human dump. I couldn't even dig a hole. I didn't have time. And I could see people through the slats, slit slats. What did you do with the Cottonells? I wiped my ass with them. But then what did you do with them? I put them them? in the plastic bag. I put them all in the plastic bag. I zipped it up and I threw it in her trash. Did you bury the poop like a Jack Russell Terrier? I, I, I didn't. But there's other dog poop around. But for some reason, the flies, <laughs> you just was- the flies the flies came to only my poop, which was really weird. I was kind of insulted by it. And so... No, that uh, means
1: you have a... Ri- they, they, they just wanted some... High fiber. Stromboli.
0: And so anyway, I threw them away. And I... Uh, you can cut this out if you want. No, this and, is uh, and,
1: 100%... And I was it.
0: embarrassed, but I had some antibacterial stuff. And I wiped my hands off. And then I sat there and I went. My mom came home and she goes, hey, I go, mom... I thought you were home. I had to just take a big crap. I, had, I ate a pizza, a uh, stromboli at Pizza King, and now I had to take a big crap in your backyard. I crapped in your backyard. And my mother looks at me and says, I thought we were going out to dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I just crapped in your, I'm a human so you, so then you must be hungry again. I thought we were going
1: out. I love that in part of your mind you were like, my poop is going to camouflage with the dog poop. No one's going to know. <laughs> they knew. They knew. No one's going to know. Then the dogs must have been like, What's all this then? Like the dogs must have smelled something
0: different. <laughs> something odd. Something very odd. Something, uh, yes, it was. It wasn't and you just there. left it there. That is. I in... did leave it there. You know, until right now in this moment, I didn't think there was anything lo- wrong with leaving a shit in a backyard where dogs usually shit. But what's what
1: a, the difference? What a great testimonial for Pizza
0: King. Hey, a stromboli will make you shit in your mama's yard. But I would go back there any day of the week because I love their stroms, Chris. I really do. <laughs> <That is. laughs> Apologize to the listeners there. I'm not there. sorry at all. Good. I'm, I'm your ex- listeners
1: like dung talk? You know what? Some do, some don't. Some really do, I don't know, but it's a great story. Thank you. It's such a great story. It's a very human story. It happens. Not at all what people would have expected. Vagina,
0: vagina, vagina!
1: (laughs) I love that your mom says (laughs) From Lex Luthor. Yeah,
0: there it is. (laughs) One time I had to shit in my mother's yard, all right? I don't, yeah, I I feel him. At first I was like, why did I just start telling the story? I don't think I've ever pooped outdoors on the... You've never taken a human dump? No. You've always made it to a toilet? Yes. Never
1: even in the pants? In your no, alcohol days? No, I don't think I ever had a, any... You peed? Yeah, no, I've never... You've never peed your pants? I mean, not since I Dude, was... Dude, I've
0: done some embarrassing... I'm not ashamed of it. I've, I've had moments. I was not that kind of drunk when I
1: drank. I did not lose bodily bodily function. I never blacked oh, out. Oh, wow. That you're... Wow, I didn't good. have, wow, any, I didn't have any of that stuff. But, uh, but, yeah, no, I don't think I've ever... I don't think I've ever had the sensation of my of of growing a poop tail and having it hit the dirt and coil uh, like a weird shit snake waiting to. Strike. I'm
0: just. <laughs> I'm just gonna say one thing. Yeah. Is it time? I, I didn't plan it. <laughs> but I didn't plan this crap every year. I, if I could change time. it. I would have asked the neighbor mowing the lawn. I would have said, "Can I just please shit in your in your bathroom?" I'm gonna shit in my mom's backyard, I and maybe like, this story never would have been told. I almost feel like I I have such anxiety about that. I think I probably would have done what you. did. I do. think Katie's upset with me. No, Katie's not at all. Katie, have you ever done that? Have you ever, have you ever had to poop on the earth? Well, when I camp, man. Yeah. When you camping, you in p- oh, a camp. Well, you you have to. Where are you gonna poop if you're camping? You, you bury it, though. The
1: river, or do you just like you just like? Dig
0: I Take crapped. A, yeah, I also crapped in the Rio Grande once. Throw <laughs> what? Yeah, it was a huge river though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who cares? Taking so,
1: a shit in the Rio Grande. Yeah, the sequel to eat
0: your steak. <laughs> <laughs> you are. You're just, yeah. Well, you, you far know.
1: Away. Oh, so it doesn't. You're drinking water.
0: Oh, that's true. What are those? Uh, uh, the creatures that are they're really cute. The eucalyptus they hang up in the trees. Koalas. No, they are koalas. But what's the other creature that's really slow? Sloths. Sloths. a tree. Sloth. sloth. You know how tr- you know how sloths? You know this history of their shitting. No. Sloths, are, they take about 45 minutes to come down from a tree to shit. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. They don't shit from where they are. You think they're so lazy, they're going to shit from up in the tree. Right. But they don't because it attracts other animals. And the animals will see the shit, and they'll look up, and they'll, they'll smell it, and they'll kill the right. you know, the sloth. So they go down, it takes some 45 minutes, they they go down to Pizza King, they bury it, they go down to Pizza King, and they 45 minutes up a tree.
1: For a lazy fucking sloth, that's pretty impressive. You know what? I don't want to have to commute to my shits. (laughs) (laughs) That's too much. You'd be dead. You You would. Yeah, you'd be dead. You'd be dead. That'd be like fucking driving to Santa Monica every time I had to drop a (laughs) deuce. There's no way. I'm shitting here. I am doing it here. (laughs) I don't care if a predator finds me. I do not feel like sitting in this tree traffic. All the way down,
0: <laughs> tree traffic. <That's> exactly right. <laughs> well, now I know. How you, I know where your priorities the are. The carpenter ants. So there's a lot of construction
1: on the tree. There's a fucking the the family of wrens. I gotta <laughs> navigate. I'm not doing this every time. I'm not doing this every it's time. Amazing. It's Either amazing. Either I'm gonna stop shitting, or I'm just gonna drop it from this branch. But <laughs> something
0: is not. I'm not. I mean, if you're playing Pictionary, Pictionary is the game where you make your own. Uh, no, not Pictionary. What's the game where you put your own? Uh, your own, they guess which one's real. Like you write something, I write something as an answer and then somebody goes, which is the real one? Oh, is that um, uh, Boulder Dash? Boulder Dash. But right if you wrote slots actually take a shit um, they'd go 45 minutes down a tree, shit, and then climb 45 minutes up. You'd be like, man, that's not that's real. That's not real. There's no way. What animal would
1: do that? But what else are they doing? It's not like they have to get back to an office job. Yeah, what are they doing? That's all. That, that's their whole day. Maybe
0: they only shit once a week, so it's not a hassle. Maybe. You know, maybe
1: that's it. Does it take them 45 minutes to do it? Or what if they were ironically fast shitters?
0: Could you imagine? Maybe just getting, Maybe when they had to shit, they were, they, they, they were super speed. Yeah. For some reason, they just glide the down that pole like a fireman. At. It's like the a... <laughs>
1: only thing they're fast
0: at. Everything else is That'll like... That would be pretty incredible.
1: I gotta take a dump, Got <laughs> All done. Back up to the tree. Here I go. Circle gets the
0: square. <laughs> X gets the square. And the sloth talk like Paul Lamb. <laughs> Your sloth comes shitting by me again. I'm going to fuck him. Gotta cut.
1: Inside of you is Michael Rosenbaum's podcast that you should listen to. It is a great fun. And there's a video. There's a video component
0: as well. Yeah, you can see your video that I interviewed you. You can see my
1: stupid face in your your living room. My living room. uh, Anything else
0: you want to promote? Not really. All right. I hope I'm in the next Guardians of the Galaxy. Although oh James, God. when I interviewed him, he did hint. I said, so maybe Martin X is going to come back. He goes, yeah, why would I put you in the end credits if you're not coming back? I'm like, sweet. <laughs> and I kind of, so I don't know which one, if it's, you know, but hopefully that will come up That's soon. That's exciting. That's it really is. exciting. It's great. It's great to work with your friends, too. I knew half the guys that were on the set. You know, it's just like, you know, you know, most of those guys are James's friends. So well, yeah, just, I mean,
1: it just, it, it it's because it, it's... Transcends just being a job, and like, oh, I get to fuck around with my friends, and then it's also a billion dollar movie.
0: Yes, (laughs) but it is—it is more so much fun, so much more fun when you get to work with your friends. I mean, like, you know, whether you direct or whether you have, when you have your friends come on your your podcast or your shows, whatever, doesn't it? Do you like it more than some random person you don't know? Well,
1: it's there's you know, there's There's comfort. There's comfort, but there but there's also a level of you already
0: familiarity. You
1: already have familiarity, and you already kind of speak the the, a, a common language. Yeah. And so it is fun to discover new people and kind of like figure out, oh, wow, this is really fun and exciting. But it's also really fun when you kind of know what everyone's skill sets are and you guys – don't have to. I mean, it's like you—you you have friends where yeah. you can immediately start riffing, and you know that's true. Everyone's gonna catch the ball and throw it back. Like I just
0: had Michael Rooker on, and it just went and there's so many. You know how fucked up. He oh yeah, yeah I yeah, love yeah. Him. the best way. I mean, I said, can we take a pause here? I have to take a piss, and he brought the microphone. I didn't, unbeknownst to me, into the bathroom while I'm pissing, and I was singing something <laughs> to myself. And he was like, so that was you know, it is fun, but a lot of times when you came on, we didn't know each other other than James Gunn's events or this, and I'd see, and you know, I was like, we always liked each other, but and, and then you came on, and I actually got. To know you I started sure. from like How it all happened Well we've
1: been acquaintance and For a very long for a very,
0: time For very for very Since Zoe, Duncan, Jack Two and Jane decades Yes But it's not like we Hang out all the time right. Or we've been you right. know, lives kind of go well, off. Michael Rooker, there's someone who's shit in a yard before. He has shit in a few yards, not
1: and not anyone that he's related to.
0: No, and I have asked him, <laughs> "Are you packing right now at my house?" The first question of my interview, he's like, uh, "No comment." That's Michael Rooker. So, dude, this has been a treat, man. I, I, I love coming on. This is a blast. Please,
1: yes. I hope to. I'll see you again. I'll see you. I hope I'll see you soon. Yeah, I'm gonna go check out your basement for yeah, a couple you can hours. Yeah, check out the basement, and then I'll see you floating
0: around the house from time dude, to time. you have time. so many cool things? The howling masks and the yeah, that's the, Lydia. The, the Jesus, wolf. Jesus. Lydia is the you met the coolest. I'm not saying this. Her taste and shit is a little more effed up than yours, probably. It kind of weirdly is. And I never thought, I always thought when I,
1: you know, ultimately when I got married that I would have to do what Guillermo does, which is like keep your shit in a separate house. Yeah. Keep your shit in a separate space. You can have your own. And no. we like doubled down. Doubled down. I'm the one who is like, sweetheart, we have no more room for any more gremlins
0: you know it's like i never thought i would be that guy i well, never how, thought i would be that well guy. how do i meet to lydia because the girls that come over that you know they're, they're, i think they're they're great girls maybe they're more normal than maybe lydia in a in a, in a bad way you know when you're there she goes lydia hi. we summoned you but i was just saying that the girls like that look at my like the in the house with all my toys and stuff they're just like oh wow you really do have toys yeah, we just we
1: we we're just trying See, to. That's, that's cool. I'm just trying to put a cap on it. She, she said just, she'd fill every room. In she the house. just shows up. She was like, "I'm sorry, I'm like, well, I'm not mad that you bought it. We're just running out of space,
0: you know, oh, and it's a yeah. good sized house. But you have running cool, out of I space." One thing that you should take away: the stuffed turkey, the the uh, the, the insects over here, the do, the uh, Doctor Who mm-hmm. thing downstairs, the mm-hmm. entrance, the mm-hmm. the, the Tardis, There's there's, yeah. there's nothing you should take away from this house. <laughs> well, if we're you not... did, I'd be disappointed.
1: You know something, Michael? When the time is right and the universe is ready and you're ready then you'll get a lydia it's just how it all works you just need to be okay with you i don't know what in this the voice meantime, is i don't, I don't like gonna, this character at all i'm going
0: to go skinny dip in your pool
1: please, right please by all means by all means Go wave, go wave Go wave the wand in the old uh, pool. Just please don't shit in my yard. I knew
0: that was coming. You beat me to it. Don't I, shit in I my pool or my shit. yard.
1: I will not take a hard wick on your It'd uh, <laughs> It's really funny if, if I said, shit wick. please don't shit in the yard, and, I, and you left and there was a turd floating in the pool. You're like, I didn't say I wouldn't shit in the pool. I just <laughs> yeah. said I wouldn't shit in the yard.
0: Everybody loves Caddyshack, Hardwick wick, movie <laughs> nut. That was a candy bar. <laughs> it wasn't a real turd. It was a fucking candy bar. Oh, I'm glad you think turd.
1: Rosenbaum. Funny. Thanks, man. Enjoy your burrito, everyone,
0: and eat your steak. Eat your steak, Rosenbaum. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. Hey, it's Guy Raz here, the host of How I Built This, a podcast that gives you a front row seat to how some of the biggest products were built and the innovators, entrepreneurs, and idealists behind them.